Hello and welcome to the second to last episode of 2023, where I replay the most listened to episode of the year. Quite honestly, it was an easy exercise as this guest brought the listeners in and her numbers just kept on climbing. Gila Melamed was my first guest after Labor Day. She was a great choice because so many people I know wait until after Labor Day to start traveling. You know, once the families are back into their routines at home and places are less busy. And travel is what Gila does. She has many things, but it's her wanderlust that intrigued me and had me ask her to be a guest. Gila had several reasons for going on the road, and she prepared carefully. Driving a small car, every inch of it was used to accommodate her life inside it. And I think it's safe to say every moment on the road taught her something about herself. She tells us more during our conversation, so I'll let you listen to it all in her own words. Welcome to the Boomer Woman's Podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. Boomer women. Are we wise women? Are we mavens? Are we crones? Hell yeah. And we're also still curious, fun-loving, interesting, the list goes on. This podcast is for you. My guests are folk who have a message for our demographic. And if you want to hear a specific message, let me know and I'll find the guests. This podcast is also a conversation. We women know its value, we know how to do it, and we must perpetuate the art form. I try and let my guests have the greater say, and usually we fit in a good laugh or two. Listen in now to today's guest. Usually when I meet guests on podcasts, I've been able to access their story, their bio, their talking points, but not today. This is what I've read. Gila Melamed is a home and color designer and founder of Gila Home Design and Color Guru. Color and design are her passions. As a color expert with over 25 years of experience, she can help create the perfect color palette for your home or office that beautifully reflects your personal style. Her work has earned her houses 2019 to 2022 best in customer service. When she isn't exploring colors, she spends time outdoors hiking, kayaking, biking, and traveling. Travel is how Gila came onto my radar. A woman I know who spent six months in a camperized van wandering the U.S. and Canada mentioned she was hosting a woman who was traveling, traveling in a camperized car. This woman was Gila, and she says, I took advantage of my petite size, four foot 11, and converted my car into a micro camper. I'm happy I'm simplifying everything. This journey is not about luxury. It's about being at one with nature, exploring new spaces, meeting people along the way, and creating new connections. And here we are connecting. There are so many things I want to ask. Gila Melamed, welcome to the Boomer Woman's Podcast. Thank you. Gila, you live in New York. You yes. have a successful business. Let's start there. You tell us about yourself. Okay, so I my passion is colors. I'm really like a graphic designer, but uh, I quit my job in one point to be a homestay mom, and I was for 15 years. Uh, and I needed to reinvent myself in one point, and I uh, became a, 
one of our kids was actually young. I was able to do kind of like a mini, mini part-time. And uh, I was a decorative painter and muralist. Uh, and this is where I really got to the, get to really feel colors and be connected to them. And in 2016, yes, I uh, asked for divorce. Uh, and I'm very happily divorced today. And uh, I need to reinvent myself again. Uh, the part-time job that I had was not enough to support myself. And I decided to um, to range into being a color designer. And very quickly, you know, it's opened my door to just a new business. And uh, I come with the idea that I need to adjust myself to my clients' eyes. I'm there to teach them how to look at colors and how to understand them. They, I cannot tell them, you know, I'm not there to tell them what color to paint the walls. I'm there to bring their vision into reality. And I work, I work emotion, a lot of emotion into how I help them guide them to, to, to find their colors. And usually I start with appointments when it's like, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed. I don't know where to start. And it's end up with, oh my God, that was so much fun. I mean, literally almost every appointment is like that. So I take the time to get to know them. I observe their house and what's going on. And we go from there. And uh, a lot of time, I, my favorite part is like when I have clients that are very, very particular. And you will think they are like the one that are so hard to deal with. But they are putting me in a challenge that I love very much because then I need to create a color for them. And that is the most creative thing that I can do. So that's what I do. And I hope actually to take it on the road. That's why I'm kind of, kind of now calling myself the nomadic color guru. And uh, actually, I did have <laughs> funny stories. Like back in California, I uh, I was hiking and a woman stopped me on the road. You know, we started hiking together with another woman and we start talking and she asked me what I do. And I told her, it's like, oh, my God, this is it's not it's it's meant to be. Can I get your card? And I asked, I gave her, but I asked her to check me out. I needed her to be comfortable with who I am and how I work to read my reviews. And three weeks later on my way to Redwoods, I stopped at her house. I even had, uh, I stayed overnight with breakfast and dinner. And in five hours, I turned her house upside down, you know, uh, from a living room, dining room, entry foyer was like, you know, one, two, three, a makeover. I mean, her her husband and herself was like stunned, but it was fun. It was absolutely fun. So it's, you know, I'm, that's what I'm hoping to do. I'm hoping somehow that will help me to continue travel because I love it. I love <laughs> it. That was actually my next comment was your new logo. It says color consulting on the go. Home is where you park it. Yes. Um, and I was going to ask if you consult on the road and you've just answered that question. So that's perfect. So when I left back in October, the idea was a year. I mean, I, I, I'm renting my apartment to support that. Uh, I'm not a white rich woman. I'm just very on a budget. And I, you know, like, I like, I thought I have a year. I, did, I knew I'm going to like it because this is not, you know, that's the first time I'm going to travel by myself. I did two weeks in the in, in the state of Maine, and it was great, but not a year. I knew it's not going to be bad, but I did, had no idea how much I would fall in love with it and how much I will find my true self in this journey. Now, uh, have you always wanted to travel, loved traveling? 
I there was all even since a kid, there was always a feeling in my heart that I was born to be in the wild. I cannot explain it, but it was always like that. And I just, you know, I just love it, love it. But I, I thought I have a year. So I didn't want to spend the time of promoting my business. I had the income coming for my 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 apartment. But now, so I got to after I will say like after six months, I don't remember when it was like. I don't want to come. Just the thought of going home and living again, and I and I have to. I'm very proud that I created a beautiful apartment for myself. Just the thought of going home and living again in a in a in a place where with four walls it's just choking me. I, I I cannot even think about doing that. And I decided I'm going to rent it for another year. My tenant is very happy to do that. I think I'm allowed only two years because it's a co-op. I'm ready to sell. I'm ready to sell and live my life on the road. But what I, the, I'm traveling with a Mazda CX-5. That's all I'm traveling with. And it's not easy. I, it's, there is time that it's very tough. The key for my success that I'm very organized. And people that see my setup are stunned. I really took advantage of every corner of it. So I designed it and my friend Mike helped me to build it. But my plan is when I get home in mid-September to buy a minivan and uh, to convert that, that will give me, that will be a luxury, honestly. <laughs> it will give me a space to, to do a, a place to do some toilet, just to sit. I mean, it will be really, I, I cannot even wait to, to, to show you the end of it. It's, the idea was, so how it all started, that I, inj I injured my back just like uh, right after, if, four months after COVID started. I did a little bit too much of everything. I did why to hike six miles when I can hike 10 miles when I have now the time. I mean, I lost two of my part-time jobs. You know, I have the time. And when I was not hiking, I was a volunteer ambulance driver. And I put as many hours as possible because usually older people that on the team was not able to ride and that, you know I joined to be a you know to volunteer when it's not when it's a sunny day I I joined to volunteer when it's needed so I put a lot of hours and that's the stress of everything just was too much and I injured my back and it really took me over a year to recover uh, but now I'm stronger and flexible than I never been so there was kind of a silver lining for that injury uh, but I I lost that I lost two of my passion. I cannot do backpacking anymore and I cannot do the ambulance. They require uh, carrying heavy equipment and I cannot do that. And two Septembers ago, I was waking up in the morning and it was a cold morning and I was so stiff that I was like rolling out of bed and I was sitting on my yoga, yoga mat and I'm like, I cannot wait to, until I retire to do it. If I cannot do that now, if I'm feeling this way now, what will happen in 10 years from now? Already lost two things. And I was like, no more. I am not waiting. Now, I'm I'm a very person that, you know, calculates. So it's not like I, I decide I'm going and next week I, it took me a year of planning. So the idea was actually to get an RV and to travel and to, to be more comfortable. And I even flew all the way to Tampa and, you know, to the biggest RV show every morning, you know, half an hour watching YouTube about RV. I mean, my knowledge now on RV is like unbelievable. 
I understood it all. I knew what I wanted. I went on a test drive. And then the, the price of gas went up. And I was like, okay, I cannot do that. That I, I cannot, that's, I stopped my track. But I just didn't want to give up. I didn't want to give up. And usually my car, the way my car, I uh, two of my seats are usually down because I put my bike so I can go and ride. And I came one day and I take my back bike out and I look at the space and I'm like, huh, I think I can fit in there. And I lay down and I'm like, oh, wow. I, 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 I came out of my car. I did not even went back home, yet back home. I pick up the phone and I call Mike and I say, Mike, by any chance you think you can help me? I think, you know, it's like, yeah. And and that's it. I was like, I'm doing that. I'm simplifying everything. And it was a blessing. It, that gas price was a blessing. I am so happy I simplify it because there was two ways to travel. One with RV, right? Or like a van. Then you have the comfort, but you don't have the freedom of travel. I have the most freedom of travel. I don't have the convenience, but I don't mind roughing it up. The price that I'm getting by roughing it up is, is priceless. I'm staying in places, nature, that is incredible. I mean, I was in, in, in Texas, in Syria, on the, on, on the beach. In one, I'm making dinner. In one point, I'm looking at one side, I have the most gorgeous sunset. And the other, sun, the other side, is the full moon is starting to rise. I mean, it was like crazy. I couldn't, I mean, that the, the traveling with my car is just giving me the most amazing freedom to of travel. And and this is why I don't want to buy a big van. First of all, I cannot afford it. Also, I'm 411. So why would I pay on a on a high that I cannot a space I cannot even use? And having a minivan, I can really blend into neighborhood. And no one can know that I'm actually sleeping at a night. So I'm really looking forward for the next next legs of it. <laughs> okay, I am really curious about this car. Can, can I ask you some practicalities? Yes. <laughs> Going to the bathroom. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> this is a women's podcast. No, 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 no. And and this is a very interesting solution. So usually, you know, I'll if I'm in a campground and it's the middle of the night, I'll just get out and just quickly pee but there was like times that i'm maybe in a neighborhood or at the beginning when i was still afraid to go out because i'm in bear country i read someone no it's no was not my uh, my solution i read it somewhere in facebook but i thought like oh my god this is perfect i put an adult diaper on and but the only thing is like i'm having i try not to do it often yeah. because the last thing i want to do is train my brain to pee in my pants and but that solved my problem and so i i do i i get up being fully awake and i just change my position i'm not on my back and like i can kind of be on my fourth and i slowly go i then i learn the hard way because the first two before i left i had two days three days of testing and i learned very quickly that i should have a ziploc bag very nearby so i can put it in zip it and it's all good and yeah but for example, I was in Joshua Tree, right? And I was boondocking and there was no bathroom, no nothing. So there's places that you can dig a hole. You need to do at least six inches into the hole or a very simple solution also. 
I uh, in a I, I bought like a small uh, chair, like, and I cut a hole, and I put a bag and cut litter, cat litter in there, and that absorb everything, and that you can throw it to the garbage. So there is really solution for everything. Oh my God! Yeah, you've got uh, solutions there I would never have thought of. So yeah. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. And that's what will be my bathroom in my minivan. It will be with cat litter. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now I was going to ask you. I mean, I love my showers. And I was going to ask you about that. And then I read on one of your blog posts that you, do you have some sort of a setup? Because you talked yes, about so showers. I, I, it's, a, it's a shower tent. So I, I, I pop that up. I have like, you know, it's a, you know, like the, what I got is like um, people like uh, use it to wash their plants. Like you pump the oh, water. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So I have that. Uh, I put like a really good uh, hose to it. And it's a cold shower, but I'm clean. Yeah, no, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay, how about food? So a food prep, food storage? Um, I have a cooler. Okay. So that, you know, like now it's summer. So the challenge of keeping it cold with ice, it is challenging. Winter was much easier in that sense. And I have like a two stove burner. Um, and I just cook. You know, like uh, it's I actually love cooking outdoor. It's just so much fun. Coffee take like, you know, like 20 minutes. But there is it's almost like a ceremony. You know, it's like I'm, the, the coffee tastes better. I have the best view. You know, it's it's just great. Yeah. Yeah. I remember those days. Now, in terms of sleeping, now you've talked about fear. And actually, I'm going to zing into fear for a second. Years ago, um, I was driving across Canada in a car. Uh, it was packed the gunnels with my life. Um, I mean, life was in my car. I slept in the driver's seat. And when I would get into my sleeping bag, I'd leave my toes in the corner in case I had to drive, like get out okay. of there fast. Yes. Um, I'd pull the sleeping bag up over my head and just sort of pull the drawstring a wee bit so that nobody would know it was a woman. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was nervous. I remember one night I scared myself silly because of the story I created for myself about something that was going on outside. And when I finally dozed off and woke up in the morning, I realized that somebody had forgotten to turn their headlights off. <laughs> so can you talk about fear? I mean, you've said Ooh. a few things that, you know, like you've, you've overcome some by the sounds of it. I come back a lot of it. It's, you know, when I started, when this whole idea was, I always wanted to do that, but later on, right? It was when I will retire. And when I started, this idea was all about from the adventurous spirit on me, right? That was, but the more and more I got closer to the living, it was obvious it was a journey of healing. And it was a journey of self-discovery in all level possible. I'm like, you know, I, I got to a point now it's me. You know, my boys are older. They're on their own. I finally can consider myself and rediscover myself. So it was definitely a lot. A lot I mean, I'm afraid of heights. <laughs> I'm like, but I really, I, I, I almost like I was, tr I was going down Whistler, one of the chairlift. And I was actually leaning down and like, who are you? Who is that person? How you do that? But yeah, the, but the only way I found, well, I found out that the only way to deal with fear is head on, is heads on, really. I mean, there's no other ways. And I wish, I wish, I wish. If, if there was a way that I can show you the person I used to be 
and who I am today is 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 day and night. I, you know, I unfortunately very tough childhood, uh, abusive dad physically and emotionally. Uh, I lost my mom when I was seventeen. Never felt belonged to my family. So being actually far away from originally I'm from Israel is actually kind of a blessing for me. And my dad just did a fantastic job of making me like, you know, my self-esteem like to flat to the ground. I mean, I used to be afraid to picking up a phone. You know, I, I was just a very, very timid person. And to see today what I am, I can see it, right? And very few close friends. It's if I if if anything I can, you know, if I can have a message, it's like, please push yourself slowly, slowly. I mean, one of my posts, actually, I wrote a poem about it. And it just really a, smil- a billion small steps. That's what it takes, a billion small steps of slowly going every time forward. Just, you know, I was like in uh, Kenyaland, the Needles uh, district. And I'm driving and, and rarely no one there. I mean, the beauty is beyond. And I knew that I'm heading to a park that is not a lot of people, even in the summer, don't a lot of people are visiting. And I'm there, I think it was January. Yes, it was like kind of like a, yeah, it was January. And I'm driving and I get to the head trail that I'm looking to do and I start hiking. I usually use all trail as my app to help me navigate. But I cannot find my my track. I so I, I constantly have to look at all trail to show me the road. And like like 10, 20 minutes into the my hike, I don't know what happened, but I'm suddenly feeling like I never felt afraid like that. Usually I I'm not afraid at all in nature. And and when I'm hiking, I, I love hiking by myself. It's it's there is some connection that is so beautiful. And I, I, I hope every woman or every man can can give themselves that experience. But suddenly I am like terrifying, absolutely terrifying. I I see uh footprints on the on the ground and right away my brain goes like, you know, mountain lion. Uh you know, if if now 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 I know that if I took just one more second looking at the footprints, I will see that that's far away from being a, a mountain lion. This is just a, a a big ship that lived there. And if I read a little bit, I will know that there is no mountain lion there. So, but you know, I'm still, I'm absolutely terrified. This is the, but I'm and and I'm choosing not to return. I'm choosing to continue hiking. This is the first time ever that I turn on my music on, just to create more sound and that. And I'm just keeping and keeping. And only when I start climbing up the mountains that the like the huge rocks then put me like in like such an awe with the scenery, I start coming down and, and relax and was able to continue. But I am so happy I did not let go, that I did not turn around and 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 and, and let that fear take me, take me, take that experience, that beauty that I saw that day. And like Zion National Park, you know, there is the Angel Landing hike that is considered to be the most frightened hike in, in the United States. So I did that hike many years ago as a family. And don't ask me how, but I did it back then. But this hike, I always felt that I need to go back because this hike is the, gave me the courage to 
asked for my divorce like a few years later. And I felt that spiritually I need to thank that hike and I need to do it again. Now I was meeting with a friend, Betty, that I met at the Smoky Mountains. And when I mentioned that I want to go to the Zion National Park, she's like, oh, I'll meet you there. And she did. So we, we met again and we hiked. And and I was going up the trail and I'm going, I'm, I'm like so proud of myself. Look at me. I am so strong. I am like, this is fantastic. I get like I get to the top and I feel like I I wanted the you know first first prize until it's time to go down. And that's where my fear of height is. I was starting to go down and I was almost freezing. I knew I cannot let my brain go to that position. And slowly I just went down and asked Betty to be in front of me. I think that if I had a little bit more inches into me, I was not as afraid because it was icy, it was snow, even though I had my my uh, my clips on me, there was one section that I, if I would not grasp, or not get the, the, the ice and underneath me, I am falling off the cliff. And I went down and, but I think Betty really captured the best of it. She said, the gila that went up is not the gila that went down. But I am so glad I did that because after that, there was one more time that I was face again with going down some ladders in Joshua Tree and I did it. And now I, I really feel like I'm almost like, I really think I'm starting to be overcome it. Because I went, I in Squamish, I did the hike for the chief, and I didn't know that there is a ladder and there is chains, and I came down like it's nothing. So really, just pushing through my fear is been such a such a blessing, such a blessing, because now I I can do things. Yeah, and and some of the fears that you're discussing are fears that so many people are going to identify with, whether it's heights, wild animals. Mm-hmm. isolated places, all that yeah. sort of stuff. I, c- I can remember that moment, you know, where you said you were looking out of the, the, the lift yeah. and then suddenly going like, wait a minute, you know, I, <laughs> whenever it was, I was scared to death. I would never have done that. And realizing that I'm okay doing this now, like th- that fear is gone, at least reduced, but hopefully gone. And yeah. just it keeps you going and probably overcoming the next fear too, knowing that. Yes. And I think that is what I'm finding out, that my level of confidence was never, I mean, really, it's, 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 this is the first time in my life that I'm loving myself. What it was never was like that. And, and just because you cannot, the only way to get confidence is by experience, by facing things every day. Um, That's the only way. And I, I, I hope and I wish people will start realizing that and, and will push themselves just, just a little bit. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm usually doing it like, you know, as much as, comfort, as possible in my comfort zone, but just extra, just that extra. And, and it's been great. Yeah. Yeah. I have a quote that says, uh, one only finds their limits by pushing them. Yes. So, so yeah. And I have like at home, like a quote and, uh, oh. Oh, I like, if I remember it, give me a second. I yeah, be, yeah. Because it's a very, I, ha, I, I design on my wall uh, at home, a few quotes that actually are guiding me in a lot of way. 
And it's from pictures that, you know, things that I did. There was a hike in Maine that I knew that I would be afraid to do. I went uh, just before. It was uh, four days in Acadia National Park and five days uh, backpacking the White Mountains. After that few days, I'm coming back home. I'm pretty much finalizing my divorce. I am signing up my, you know, the, selling the house and buying my own apartment. So you can imagine my stress level. And there was a hike that I knew I would be afraid. But I but I read about it and I said, I'm going to go. I get there and I'm looking like, oh, no. And I tell myself, Gila, if you cannot do that, don't go back home and start your life. And I did it. Two years later, I, I was back with my, my boys and I did the hike again. And like, why was I was afraid of that? So, but so that's the background of the of the picture, like of my quote. And uh, it's saying, strength doesn't come from what you can do. It comes from overcoming the things you once thought you couldn't. Oh, that one's a good one. That one's really yes. good. I like that. Yes, yes, yes. So I have like a few quotes that, you know, on my walls that took me a year to design and to think about them. And, you know, there is one that it's another one of my favorite. It's not uh, courage doesn't always roar. Sometimes courage is the quiet voice in the end of the day saying, I will try again tomorrow. That one is one of my favorites also. Yes. Yeah. Have you said a lot? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's it's those things that always help me. I I'm, I think from a very, very young age, I I recognize and I realize that the only way to go forward is for work on myself. That's the only way. No blaming, no po po pointing fingers, just putting, you know, positive energy forward and to create what happiness for myself. So I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't do it while I was married. You know, I, I, I married a wonderful guy until the, my boys arrived and that I got something else. But I had responsibilities and it was a good family life. But I was dying in, slowly. And uh, so it was time for me to, when my boys got older, to to start my own my own page, my own chapter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's going to be so many women who are going to listen to this episode again, again and again because you've got all these nuggets of like strength and perseverance and and stuff like that. Yeah. Now, you and I connected through Miriam. Yeah. You were staying with her here in Victoria. Yeah. Your sleeping arrangements. We know your car is outfitted that you can sleep in it. Uh huh. But. How do you connect with other places, people, to, to sleep at other people's houses? Well, <laughs> Miriam, I actually got to know through her friend, Sandra. Okay. Okay. So, and how I met Sandra. Sandra, I met in Joshua Tree. So, I actually, there was um, a meetup group in Quartzsite. I wanted to go, Quartzsite in the winter is the Mecca for all the nomadic people. And I wanted to experience it. And one of the Facebook group that I belong had a meetup there. So I went and I joined and we were like there for like a week, all nomadic women, just everyone with their own setup. And I met Susan there and Susan and I connected very nicely. And then when we kept in touch and we realized that we're going to be in Joshua Tree around the same time. In the meantime, when I was in Tucson, I met another woman uh, named Carrie. And I, so I told Susan, oh, I'll let the, Carrie, no, she will join us. 
And Susan say, oh, I'll tell Laurie and Sandra. They will join us. And here we are in Joshua Tree, boondocking five women solo, range of age from, I will say, 35 to 70, 72. Uh, everyone with her on set up for 10 days. It was just such an amazing experience. Everyone knew to respect each other's space. Everyone, you know, did whatever we wanted together or not together. It was like beautiful. We were like, oh, we need to, re you know, we need to do a reunion. So that's how I met Sandra. And Sandra is was traveling with Miriam all those months, right? So so when uh, Sandra was like, oh, you need to stay with, with, uh, with Miriam. So that's how I got to know Miriam. But here is another place that, uh, but Sandra also told me about Sister on the Fly. It's organization, right? So, as you know, after Joshua Tree, uh, there was an event on my direction in uh, Borrego Spring of the Sister on the Fly. So I joined the group and I just went there. And it was fun and great. And then I met there uh, Nikki and Barb. And they were on my way in, in California after, uh, you know, I was San Diego. And they said, come stay with us. And I said, you know what? It'll be great for a few days just to regroup again after, you know. So I went and I stayed with them. And they're like, oh, you know, you're going through another town. Oh, we, we know another lady from Sister on the Flight. Connect you and you'll stay with her. And then they, like in, uh, I think, Manhattan Beach, I stay with Virginia. Virginia, I met in uh, the Smoky Mountains where I met like Betty. There was a group of women that we went hiking and we said, so it's just like th this part of the meeting of the people and the connection that I'm getting is beyond. I mean, this is a gift that it's been such, such, such a pleasure. I mean, I stayed in um, Vancouver Island in, with Ramona. I met her in Texas. You know, so I'm posting on, on four Facebook groups and she started reading my post and she connected me and she asked me a question and about something. And then we realized that we'll be in Padra Island at the same time. So we just walked on the beach, you know, and she's she's 20 years older than me. And we we walked and very just a connect instant connection. Unbelievable. Both willing to be vulnerable and open and was beautiful then we realized that we'll be in san antonio at the same time we spend time together as well then after she was supposed to come to port site but she was stuck in yuma so i went and i visited her but here is an example of how the people that i meet along the way are such a blessing as a gift because while i was so all through my journey like especially at the beginning i know that I, I am, I'm holding in myself anger and, and, and pain that I don't want to carry against my dad and against my, my, my ex-husband. And I don't want it. It's just putting so much weight on in me. And I, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm working hard trying to find a way to, to overcome it. And, I, and I'm stuck. I'm totally stuck. I've been listening to a lot to Bernard Brown find her a lot, you know, information on that that helped me, but I am absolutely stuck. When I walk on the beach with Ramona, she's sharing with me her, her experience with forgiveness and compassion. And I remember just thinking to myself, 
lady, I have no idea what you're talking about. I am cannot connect with you on that level. And we continue and and that's, you know, that's that's it. You know, we stay in touch. And then I get to Sedona and it's actually snowing. And I had to take a cabin because I couldn't stay in the car. It was like a snowstorm. And I don't know, it was the feeling, it was the temperature. I don't know. I feel I'm falling face on my face emotionally. I feel like I need to do something more than to get myself out of this loop. And I remember what Ramona said about forgiveness and compassion. And I was like, you know what? I need to check what it is all about. And I realized I was, I was informed. I had the wrong information. What is forgiveness? And I started listening to podcasts. I started listening. I went to the, it was such a, it was not a good weather. So I spent, I went to the library, read a lot, just educated myself like constant. And really, I mean, in two weeks, I was able to get to a place where I can, I honestly, I cannot believe it, but I have absolutely a pure compassion toward my husband, ex-husband and my father. And, and really, I, I know they did not meant to hurt me. Their behavior came from their place of fear, not anything else, but I'm free. There is so much weight out of me. I don't want nothing to do with either of them today. And I cannot forget the things they did, but I can forget, you know, but there is a forgiveness. I, I, I have compassion that I never felt before. And it's also opened my compassion toward other people. I, I was in, I forget the name of the town, but in California. And it was, I was actually testing. I was sleeping on, on, on the side of the road for the night. Uh, and I woke up very early. I found a place six in the morning that opened for breakfast. I went, I cleaned my car and a homeless guy is walking toward and starting conversation. And I can feel that he can just looking for a connection. That's all he's looking. And he said, oh, you're going to eat breakfast here? I said, yes. You know, so he go in and I finish cleaning and I go and he's sitting there and he's, you know, he's explaining to me that he's, um, you know, he get breakfast here. They they give him breakfast every morning there. Uh, I go and I sit on my uh, on my table, uh, you know, and I order my breakfast. And I can see that I just can feel the guy is looking so just human connection. He gets up and he uh, he have a, like a pillow around his neck. And I decided that I'm going to ask him. I said, "What is this pillow for?" I knew what's the pillow for. And he's like, oh, I'm sleeping in my car. And like, you know, he's starting a conversation. And I said, and so he's standing, I'm sitting. And then one person said, do you want to join me? And he's like, yeah. So we're sitting, we're talking. Turned to be the guy is actually the, the probably the year I born. He was back in Israel in the, in the town that I born. Oh and then, goodness. you know, and he went and he went to Alpan to learn Hebrew in the town that I grew up. I mean, like, you know, it was like just such a beautiful connection. Truly, you know, just because I just was open to no judgment. And he was sitting there and I, I was asking a question like, you know, you have kids. Like, yeah, I have a daughter, but I'm not in that so much connection with her. And I know myself good enough to know that in the past, I was like, oh, this is weird. Why is that? You know, like I will have like, but I was like, chose not to really not to judge him to where his relationship with his daughter it is up to him and her, not for me to make a decision, you know, a, opinion. I was there just to give him some company. 
I it was the breakfast was too big. I asked him, can I make you a sandwich for lunch? He's like, yes, please. You know, we both came out from there just winners. You know, that's so that that part of the compassion, I just got richer from all, all direction, really. Um, so. Yeah, I can identify with that. Just opening up to somebody, you know, and and what you were saying about all these women that you've met there's something about the camaraderie of women yes like for us as women that I believe just I don't know whether it's it's a calming it's a it's a feeling of safety Mm -hmm. like there's just something about that Miriam has talked about sisters on the fly apparently Mm -hmm. there's something called sisters on the curb yes and you can literally just park like I mean obviously you, you communicate but you just park there yes you know you don't even have to sleep in their house or something like that I've just recently learned about something called couchsurfing.com. Right. Well, there is also, uh, there's other, uh, what it's called, um, Bundaker Welcomes. Okay. There is also like, you know, but you need to be self-sustained. So I'm not right now, so I cannot use that. uh, uh, But there is like, there is other uh, ways of uh, doing, you know, to finding ways. But yeah, like, no, the, the connection with, with the women on the road is beautiful, but but really, I, I need to emphasize something here. I am a solo traveler. It is up to me to make the connection usually. People are with couples. They don't need that. I am the one that needs to sometimes start the conversation. And very quickly, I learned to trust my intuition. Right away, I can feel this is there's a red flag here or not red flag. I feel comfortable. I can open more, not. And, you know, it's it's really, it's it's been like, so much it's been great it's like that part i'm loving i'm loving loving (laughs) i bet yeah yeah (laughs) this is something i really really want to do at some point in time and you're just allaying so many concerns it's i'm just thank you for that our audience is mid-age women some of them are probably considering doing what you are doing Mm -hmm. they may still be a little hesitant what would you say to them well, I think that if you need to remember, I think the success for, for, for me is like that I'm willing to be adaptable, flexible, and I'm very organized for my setting anyway. And really, don't let fear hold you back. I mean, really, this is really the biggest message I will say. You know, it's something that is paralyzing us in so many ways. I've been there. I know how it feels. I don't want that anymore. I have one life to live. I want to give the best that I chance for myself. I want to at my last breath on this earth that I know that I did everything in my power to be kind to my to others, to myself, that I give myself a chance for what my dreams are. And you know, and if I'm going to wait for someone else to join me, I will never left home. So, yeah. Before I clicked record, you mentioned Organ Pipe Cactus National Monument. Yes. Is there one or two places you've been that would just be, I I don't know, sometimes I call them a religious experience because the moment or the place is just beyond comprehension, beyond describing perhaps. Okay, so I get that question so many times. What is your favorites? And... And you know what? 
I cannot, there is no favorite. There is places that stole my heart in a way that unbelievable. And, and actually a few weeks ago, I wrote about it that I was, Ramana was very, very, very generous and gave me a gift of uh, a half day kayaking and half day uh, whale watching. And she wanted me to go and have fun. So I went to Campbell River and I did that. And we were kayaking. And suddenly, handbags, whales were jumping. I mean, come on. How this is an experience unbelievable. Or like just on the boat, like seeing the, the beauty was, I, I, you know, my whole senses was on fire. I, I was like, I never felt this way. The next day I was uh, sitting, you know, on, a, on another beach and I was like, and I felt like I'm almost cheating myself in a sense that how can I give one experience all the prizes when they all gave me something? So I decided no more. I am not, they all have their own place in my heart. They all gave me something different. They all gave me a beautiful memory. So no more competition. There's not, there were never competition, but there is no one special. They are just different in their own way and magical, you know, forever for me. And I think you are doing such a smart thing in writing as you go. Yes. Because the type of trip that you are taking, you are on. Yes. Is you you will never remember it all to repeat it when you get back you know you, yes. need to, and, you need to blog it as you go and it's funny because before i left a few of my friends asked me to blog and like english is not my first language what do you want from me and i have learning disabilities i mean you're asking me to do something beyond what i can do and i don't know i just sat down and you know after like i think like the the sixth person asked me is like okay, let me see what i can do and wow, I mean, I, I, I sometimes read my own stuff like, really? You wrote that? So turn to be that I have a very interesting style of writing. I'm getting a lot of compliments about it and a lot of encouragement to turn it into a book. <laughs> Next question. Is there a book in your future? <laughs> so yes. So I am, I think I need to, and I, I promise myself that I'm going to get home and I need to promise myself because I need, otherwise I think I will not do it. Uh, I'll get home and I will need to turn it into a book. I don't know the name of it, but I do need to turn it to a book because um, I will not be on this journey without the other stories that inspired me. And one big one is the, the book Wild by Cheryl Stray. I was always, always wanted to backpack. It's been like, something that I always dream of, but again, paralyzed by fear. And after I read her book, I'm like, that's it. No more. I am doing it. And I train, I read, I bought the equipment and I, I will never forget my first day backpacking, having my house on my back. And it just, you know, if there is a special, special place is, um, a Zealand hut in, uh, in Zealand Falls in uh, New Hampshire. That was my, my first kind of a place to backpack. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, yes. So there will be a book and the writing is something new that I found that I'm loving it. I find 
it helped me to so when I write it's it's actually almost giving me another like another person right and I can kind of get a, 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 another sit of myself so it's been another tool of healing for me yeah and it's very open it's very raw I'm, I'm, I'm talking about all my emotions I I try very very hard to be very respectful of a sense of not hurting you know the people that hurt me not to put them down and not you know just enough information that you can get a sense of my childhood or you know I think you really cannot get so much of I really don't want to get on to my marriage what happened just because I have two boys that I need to protect with that information but otherwise you know you can you can understand the struggles and you can see but you can also learn so much about where to go and where to see (laughs) well and to me reading what you've written it wasn't even I mean part of it was where to go and what to see but part of it was just uh drawing off of your own strength Mm -hmm. of like oh my goodness like somebody has done this before and succeeded so well that you know like maybe maybe I can do this too so so that's a gift that does come through in your writing where do we find oh go ahead no no but I think that I'm I'm just I'm writing about emotional feelings that we all have I'm just willing to say it loud that's the only different well and maybe maybe that is part of the incentive too of of for all of us because how many of us don't don't give air to our thoughts or, or our needs or our fears and yeah. yet getting them out there sometimes is, yeah. is so important yeah where do we find you on the world wide web your website name well on sapstack sapstack.com if you um I, I know I know that if you put my lot in my name, my you know Gilian Melamed, you know my last name, you can find a nomadic uh, color guru there, and you can read all of it. Now my oldest son is trying very much to, uh, you know, to for me to capitalize on it, and I'm still not comfortable. But there is three options: you can read it for free, you can sign up for five dollars a month, or you can pay fifty dollars a year. But I, you know, as again, I am like still very uncomfortable of, 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 of pushing myself with that. More important to me that women, especially women, will read it and will be inspired to be on the road. That's really what more important to me. But that also, you know, if, if any of us sort of give up the, the job or whatever, if we need income, I mean... It, it all helps so there there is no I don't know not flaw but there's no problem in sort of saying here's a suggestion yes how many people yeah and I, and I know and I appreciate you you know <laughs> saying that yeah but it's you know but but that's another thing that happened that I things are starting to happening to me without me you know the book the idea of the book or like if I don't try, you don't know, right? If I didn't left home, I will know how much happiness and joy I, I would find. And what's the worst that can happen? That I found out that I'm not ha- happy with it. You know, so many of my friends, don't be pressured, just come back, you stay with us. So it was, it, I always make sure that I ask myself, what's the worst that can happen? And that's usually what pushed me to continue. I ask that question a lot and usually the answer is nothing changes so like it's not that bad you know yeah. if that's yeah. the worst that, that happens yeah. 
Okay, I didn't know about Substack. That's great. And you are on social media, Facebook and Instagram. Is that correct? Well, I am on Instagram as my business, and I just don't have time yet to, you know. So I need to push it. I need, but that's will be in the next. You know, my 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 website is gilakalaguru.com, so you can find more about me and. There is a blog there as well. Yeah, I noticed it. Well, that's where I found all your stories. Oh, okay. I will yeah. also go find the Substack um, link yes, as well. Yes, yeah. Great. Um, yeah, and my Facebook, yeah. Okay. I don't often do um, interviews in the evening, and we're on the West Coast of Canada. And it was funny because I knew that if we were wrapping sort of a bit later in the evening, that it would be just in that dusky time. And your your room, I turned on a light, uh, but your room is, is darkening too. So this might be a oh. good time to, to wrap. Yeah okay okay so the website links are in the show notes and as many links as i can find will be or on your page on our website so okay. uh, that's how i do things listeners if you have thoughts on today's show please talk to us leave comments where you're listening or if you're listening at the boomer woman's podcast at boomwithabang.com scroll to the bottom of the page and talk to us there leave stars and reviews where you can they help us grow share this episode so many of us dream of doing what Gila is doing. And, you know, I wanted to do this interview today because I felt that, you know, the encouragement, the examples, all that stuff that you've given us so much more. And I, I really appreciate you, you doing that, Gila. Thank you. Thank you so much for being my guest today and uh, showing us it can be done. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll be seeing Miriam in the next week or two and uh, I'll thank her for introducing us. Thank you. And thank you for having me. No, this is great. Have a great rest of week, wherever you are. <laughs> thank you. Thanks so much for listening again to my conversation with Gila. As expected, she arrived back home in New York this past fall. She bought a minivan. Her friend configured the inside to make it more comfortable and more conducive to full-time living. And she's back on the road. Later this year, I hope to have her back on podcast to talk about her newest ventures, about life in a minivan, and about the gila that emerges with each new day. In the meantime, she's chronicling her travels and her insights in her blog on her website. That link is in the show notes, and all the links are on Gila's page at our website. Join me next week for the last episode of the year. Four years of this podcast now. I'm excited to see what 2024 brings. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week.